0: You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LAFC. This is week three of the study Identity Theft, entitled Child, Beloved by the Father. Okay, so let's come back together. And we'll just go through these and we'll hear what your table had to say. I love it you're into it <laughs> okay so who had two all who that was the first line number one which table had two who? okay Kim I'll um, speak loud all
1: right sounds good
0: um, we put an invitation um, invitation to all um, Something to do in order to receive like an active responsibility. We kind of went in on the received. Thing on that, uh, received is the next line. Okay, so go back to your line. <laughs> but you're right if that's where it's headed. All is inclusive of everybody. Yeah. Jew, Gentile, nationality, socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. It's open to everybody. Right. And the who? Because ours underlined on here. It's also So who? Um you mentioned this too. It's not just, it, it, the word who kind of puts responsibility back on us. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, this it. is for everybody, but we actually have to do something to get it, right. so. Awesome. Yeah. I'm getting shivers. Thank you. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. All, like you said, that, and, and isn't that what we're told? All. He desires that all will come to him. Who? Okay, good. How about number two, line two, have received him? We had that one, and um, I mean, beyond what's defined in the verse, there, those who believe. You may in need to talk a little louder, Jen, oh, so they can beyond hear. Beyond what's defined in the verse there, which is those who believe in His name, that's how we receive Him. Um, we said, receiving is the opposite of rejecting, so um, so you have to receive, not reject, and we're receiving Him jesus christ specifically it's exclusively jesus it's not anybody else or any other religion or belief system um and we also said received how and we said by god's grace alone nothing that we not our works so just completely on the basis of his salvation and drawing us to him perfect you ladies are wonderful okay who's got line three those who believe in name okay Hey, can you say it a little louder? Thank you. It's like the acceptance of Christ at the, at the time of salvation and not only believe in Christ, but believe who He was, what He's done for us, and it's an ongoing belief. It's not just okay. a once and done thing, it's right. continual. Mm-hmm. And how about the word name? Uh oh, that's the yeah, part about the identity. identity. Okay, okay. <laughs> in His name, in Him, who He is, what makes who he I is, right. right? Yeah, awesome. Okay, thank you. And then, who's got four? He has given and the right. We have four. For given, we put it's a gift, but it's also a past tense thing. It's not like we were given; it's it's already done. Um, and for right, we have responsibility, but again, it was a responsibility that was gifted, um, and it's a position that we carry. Okay. Responsibility that was gifted, a position that we carry. It was given to us, like you mentioned, Ashley. So um, those two words say a whole lot. It it was given, like uh, lining up with, we didn't have the first thing to do about it. It came from God and the right. Okay. And then number five, to become God's children. Gentile and um, the word become insinuating that we weren't and there was a change and now we have become um, and then also that this was his plan from before the beginning to bring us into this relationship. Okay, thank you. Wow. I just, thank you. <laughs> I love, I love that um, when we cover our, our, week studies, not just here, but any of the studies we do, um, there's always so much. And so, thank you for allowing me the time to just really dig into this verse and just think about what those words say. So that when we're saying it back to ourselves each week, by the way, each week we're going to say one more. So the number by the time we get to the end, we'll be saying ten out of. That. But by the time when we say it, that those words just will just jump out for you for their meaning. Okay. All right. So this study brought me. Uh, some laughter, and it brought me a lot of thought-provoking words and phrases and and ideas, and it brought me occasional tears. It may have affected you in the same way or not. I'm not certain. Um, But I boiled it all down to three different, um oh, goodness. There we go. Three different words that kind of, now I'm going big, like looking at the big picture. Father, and adoption, and child. And wanted to just talk with you a little bit about each of those terms. So I'm going to start with father. And that does not show up. Well, I am so sorry. What it says in here is, oh, how he loves us. Creator, steadfast, safe, pure, good, abundant. And if I had time, I would fix it, but I won't right now. It'll be up on the website. You can look at it there, too. Um, (coughs) So anyway, before I go any further, I really want to preface this entire morning by saying that I um, don't really know where you might be um, with your father. We're walking on sensitive ground here. I know some of you well, and I know your stories, and others of you I've just met or don't really know your relationship with your earthly father um, in the past or now. But as I was imagining what people uh, might have been through with their earthly father before we talk about our heavenly father, these are just some thoughts that I came up with that could apply to someone in this room or not. But you may have never known who your father was. You may have never known your father but known his identity, You may have lost your father to death. You may have lost your father to abandonment. You could have been neglected by your father. You may have been abused by your father. You could have had both a biological and a stepfather, both good, both bad, somewhere in between. You could have had an emotionally absent father with whom now as adults you have no relationship. You could have had a succession of adult men through your home. You could have had an uncle, or a brother, or a family friend who could have filled in that gap, but didn't. Or you could have had an uncle, or a brother, or a family friend who could have filled in that gap and did. Or maybe you had a loving earthly father, or have a loving earthly father who's done his best to protect and nurture you. That's a lot of territory. And uh, please know for anyone here who's experienced any version of these scenarios, I just mentioned, I ache for you. So as we talk about the father-child relationship today, I want you to just know that God loves you as his child better than even the best earthly father could have loved his child. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. We don't worship an inanimate object. Somebody just mentioned that when we were going through that that little activity, or a thousand gods or an Allah who tells people to kill others or die for him in order to have secure eternity. We don't strive for a state of enlightenment or a man-made universal everyone's God within or ultimate lasting happiness through enlightenment, nor do we attempt to do good so we can reincarnate to a higher status in another earthly life, no, no, none of these things are any other. We worship the one true God creator and sustainer, who loved us before we were, who desires nothing but good for us, who speaks nothing but truth, and who requires nothing more than for us to receive him, to believe in his name. And to all who have done so, he has given the right to become his children. As such, we have our freedom in him, and we are a reflection of him. So Ephesians 3 3 through four, which is unfortunately the only thing you can see up there, I apologize for that, Says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, earthly children do resemble their fathers and mothers, maybe generations back. Their families, our identity, can sometimes be easily recognized by the way we look or act or replicate our parents' actions or words, we have a resemblance. Others can see it or experience as they get to know us. So here is a little part of my earthly family, and I wanted to just take a minute to introduce you to them. Um, Let's see if I can do this here. Yeah, so this is Mildred and Wallace, and Mildred and Wallace are my dad's parents. Mom didn't know I was putting these pictures up, so she's having a memory lane here. Um, And this is Evelyn, and over here is Merle, and that are my mom's parents, and this is my mom. And this is my sister, Lynn. This is me, and I'm holding a cousin, And This was about 1954. Many of you probably weren't here then, but we were. (laughs) This is my baby brother. Uh, this lady back here—that's my great grandma. This is my mom's mom's mom. That's Grandma Lena, and and this guy was her boyfriend at the time. <laughs> yeah. his name was Elton Aiken, and he used to love to say, "I've been aching all my life and never had a pain." It was a standard line every time you saw him. The same thing. So, so. And the only one not in the picture is my dad, and that's because we didn't have cell phones or time-release cameras, and he was back there with my little brownie that I love taking that picture. Uh, But I wanted you to see and just think about family and what family means, fathers, and how we're related, and how when we say we are a child of God, that also implies that there are other children, right? We are a family of God. And then just to give you a little bit of an update, let's see... Oh, let me go back one. Uh, there's your mama. There's my mama and my dad. I want to go back to the... Whoa! Let's go here. All right. This is my mama and dad. And this was in 1957. And I just wanted you to know my earthly father a little bit. Um, he was a fairly quiet, soft-spoken man. He uh, was... Um, very observant of the things around him, he was a hard worker, and he had a quiet sense of humor. And by the way, this was a family farm. Speaking of family, so the lady sitting back there did a lot of farm work for decades and decades. So, um, in, the, in the cold weather. In the in the yes, in the cold weather, and we're going to get to that. How did you know? <laughs> um, so, and this is just an updated one. Um, that was in probably the early 2000s. And so, my question is and you kind of already got a, a little little heads up, but have any of you heard the term lake effect snow? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Have any of you ever been in lake effect snow? A few. Have you ever seen it? No. Okay, so I just, again, I just brought a couple of pictures <laughs> so that you could see. Um, <laughs> Very illegal in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> so, we grew up in Lake Effect Snow Country, western New York State, just south of Lake Erie, and it was a very common occurrence. Every winter we would get storms like this. And I just kind of wanted you to get the really sense for what I'm going to tell you in a, in a second here, but um, there's another example. Um, it would come several times each winter when I was growing up in the 1950s and 60s. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got you gotta love it um, I want to just share with you a little story about my father, and I wanted you to get the feeling of lake thick snow first um, so that I could tell you what the relationship that I had was and how it affected me as I was going through this study. So um, my mom and dad rarely had a night out, but they did have a night out once in the middle of the winter and they took us to Merlin Evelyn's house to stay for the evening and then they came back to pick us up. Uh, in my six-year-old mind, it was the middle of the night. I don't know what time it was. Um, <laughs> but there was a warning for a Effect snowstorm and you could even see across the street at my grandparents' house there was a street light You could tell there was light there, but you couldn't really see the pole. It was coming in fast. So anyway, I came out on the porch. My dad was on the porch. I think my mom had baby brother and was putting him in the car. And um, my sister was there. And their porch had open sides except for a little half wall and then pillars. So if you can imagine, there were these two open areas on either side. I came out on the porch, and a gust of wind literally came and started to slide me in my little PJs and slippers along the porch toward the edge and lift me up. And I, I just remember thinking, oh, what's happening? I was not moving, but I was moving. And my dad, my dad leaned down and he just grabbed me and he picked me up and he held, he held me. And in that moment, I just felt so secure and so safe. And the the feeling that I had never left me. I have always remembered that moment. And um, we had lots of wonderful, wonderful times as a family. We kind of grew up like the 1960s version of the Waltons, not much money, lots and lots of love. <laughs> and so uh, that moment was so special to me. And when I think of God today and I think of our Heavenly Father, that's what I think of. He is he's there. And so I just wanted to share that with you and give you a little bit of an idea. glad you didn't blow away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could have been like one of those guys that go out on the, Dorothy. yeah, yeah, Dorothy. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Dorothy, Dorothy, Dorothy. Okay, so um, that was father. Let's move from father on to uh, adoption. And um, I am so sorry that these are gonna, you know what I made, well, I can't do that. It is what it is. But now you can see the previous ones because I darkened those in. Adoption, chosen, permanent, cherished, irreversible, loved, adored. And Ephesians 1, 5, and 6 says, In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us, the one he loves. Do you remember in week one when we started and we learned those, those three enemies that um, Melissa Kruger talked about? Anybody remember what they were? I'll give you, yeah, very good. They were the world, the flesh, and the devil. So we can um, look at those and think about what that would be in terms of talking to us about our lives and about how we behave and about how our relationship to our Father could be glorified or maybe um, trashed. So the world... The world, um, the culture, the people, the influencers around us, they might say things like, just be you, go with your gut, don't get mad, get even. Watch the influencers. Who ever heard of influencers? I don't know. That's a whole new thing to my generation, (laughs) but anyway. Or the world might say, you deserve the best, and here you can fill in the blank, whatever that best might be. Everything's relative anyway, so go for it. The flesh, that's us. That's our own temptations, our sinful nature says, or could say, life is just plain awful. I surely can fill in whatever the blank is, do that you might like to do, just a little. I've been wronged and now I need to assert myself. Child of God? I don't know what God's done for me lately. Just this once, I'll try and fill in the blank. After all, it's my truth. And the devil, which is powers and principalities, we've talked about that before. What do you mean, child of God? He might say that. Sure doesn't look like it to me. If you would only do fill in the blank, it will satisfy that need or longing or desire you have. It'll make you smarter, richer, better looking, fill in the blank. A loving father would never put you in that position you're in. Or try it, you'll like it. Those are all things that we might hear regarding this whole identity so ladies those forces are out there constantly threatening our ability to see ourselves as adopted by a loving father okay and once more we're gonna switch to child and I'll read you this and then you'll see it darker later he wants you he sacrificed for you he delights in you he loves you you are his and he is yours and John 10 10 says Jesus told the Pharisees after healing a blind man that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So our child of God, if we look at our child of God through these three three phases in our book, that would be identity theft, identity truth, and identity transformation. So identity theft, the enemy's goal is to destroy any semblance of your identity in Christ as God's child. He wants you to believe you are still, and they talked about three different options. One was a slave, having to work tirelessly and unsuccessfully to gain his favor. Or an orphan, abandoned and left to your own devices with no one to care for you. Or an illegitimate child, fully outside the family dynamic, not wanted, not part of any family. My guess is you are all aware of this, but the enemy rarely calls you in advance to say he's gonna steal something from you. He doesn't post a message on YouTube, he doesn't appear at your front door complete in a red suit with horns and a tail. Nope, he is much more subtle. His thievery and destruction are often presented in very small increments. He says, you aren't worthy, You never were worthy. God's pretty old-fashioned idea, and even if he were real, he wouldn't want much to do with you, so go ahead and fill in the blank. His lies are slick. But Jesus says, to all who have received him, those who believe his name, he has given the right to become God's children, which leads us to identity truth. That's built on his character, creation of God versus a child of God, and steadfast, safe, pure, abundant, enduring. God's love is based on that, on his character, not ours. And I want to take just a second here. We often hear the phrase, a child of God. And sometimes it's expressed truthfully and correctly, but lots of times in our culture, it's used incorrectly and it's wholly false in the way that it's used. So You know, for the last 2,000 years or so, those of us who have trusted in Jesus and received him, as we talked about, regardless of their background or church group or people group or any defining characteristic, he gave the right to be his children, his family, the church. Galatians 4 4 and 5 reminds us, but when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. I know many of you here have experience with adoption, either in your own family or LEFC families or others, and you know the process can be painfully long, complex, and costly. I have a beautiful granddaughter named Wren. I guess you're getting the fan, this is the next two generations down. (laughs) My son and daughter-in-law would gladly bear all those costs and cycles of hope and disappointment and waiting again for our now eight-year-old bundle of energy. She is fully their daughter, legally, permanently, irrevocably. She is an enigma of joy and caring who lives life loud. She wants to be in charge of everything and she can be a challenge. but. They love her unconditionally, no different than they love her older brother who's a biological child. And she, because of that knowledge, fully trusts in them and she can fall asleep soundly wherever and whenever her Energizer battery, bunny batteries wear out. So, likewise, only infinitely more so our Heavenly Father loves us. We are his adopted family, his children. Every person since the time began was God's creation. So that's, that's a fact. He created every single one, but not all are his children. That's a privilege he makes available to us because of his great love. By grace through faith, the gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So our adoption rests entirely on the will and work of God, his character, his love, his plan. So identity transformation trust, family in Christ, rest in him no matter what, eternal. Once you have that knowledge embedded in your being, guiding your days, you can trust that your heavenly Father is there to catch you. He's there to catch me from whatever storms come my way. They may knock me over, blow me across the porch, up in the air, or over the cliff, but he is still there with me. And ultimately, we all who are saved will dwell with him as his family, Through the finished work of Jesus, God sees his children. Our sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. He's preparing a place for us, and he will come and get us and bring us there. In him we're free. In him we're a reflection of him, and we are most definitely his children. So we need have no fear looking forward to eternity in the presence of our Father. When we see the world around us, how unsettling it might be, we need have no fear. As you go through your homework together, I would ask you to think about your life. Are you sure that you've received and you believe in him? If so, that's wonderful. If not, please talk with someone while we're here today. Ask questions. All of your table leaders, Jamie's here, I'm here. We would love to talk with you and pray with you. But just think about that as you go through these questions. So I will turn you to your homework time.